Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, fabulous service department to take care of the life of the vehicle, the life of your investment. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Come. Play-by-play call of the day. Damian Lillard and the Blazers upset the Lakers in game one of the playoffs. Dame top of the key takes another deep three. It's good from Dame distance. It is Dame time in the fourth quarter, and the Lakers will take a timeout. 92-89. Dame. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Damian Lillard. So there you go. Big win last night to at least get the series going with the Lakers. And Portland won it. All right, James Franklin. First time he's had a chance to talk about the Big Ten decision to postpone delay to the spring. He talked with the media earlier today. First voice you'll hear will be Chris Peterson. Good morning and welcome, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to join us this morning for Coach Franklin's press conference. Uh, we will uh, get rolling with an opening statement from Coach. Coach? All right, good morning. I appreciate everybody uh, joining us. I, I thought I would start with an opening statement before we get into questions. Um, you know, the announcement to postpone uh, football was extremely disappointing. Witnessing the confusion on our guys' faces when I shared their news of postponement um, last week was gut-wrenching. It is my responsibility to help our guys chase their dreams and delivering the news felt like I was doing the opposite. It felt like I was taking away their dream to play at Penn State, even if for some it's only temporary. We as a coaching staff and administration fought as hard as we could to fulfill the desires of our student athletes and their parents to play this fall. While I I appreciate the complexities and difficulties of this decision for the leaders of our conference, I'm extremely frustrated because we still have very few answers to communicate to our young men and their families about their futures and very little understanding of the factors contributing to the decisions. Penn State has worked extremely hard to provide the safest environment possible for our student athletes over the last three months. Our student athletes have matched our institution's diligence by following the recommended health and safety protocols with the intent to play this fall. Our most recent COVID-19 test of our entire program, student athletes, coaches, athletes, trainers, strength and conditioning and equipment staffs, yielded zero positive results after our first week of practices. That is attributed to the steadfast efforts of our medical professionals, student athletes and staff. We're heartbroken for our student athletes because of how much they've sacrificed to put themselves in position to compete at the highest level. But now they're left frustrated and unsure of what the future holds. 
Despite our current circumstances, I couldn't be more pleased with how our players and entire organization have handled themselves for the last five months during very challenging times. It's not lost on me the impact this postponement has on the State College community. Our town is fueled and driven by the football season. I feel for the people in this community and the effect this decision has on our local businesses as well. As we turn our attention to the potential of a winter season, we will, learn, we will lean into our culture and, de and develop a thorough detailed plan on how to move forward. When we do return to competition, we know our guys will be ready and will continue to be unbelievable, and I will continue to be unbelievably proud to be their head coach. I appreciate everybody's time this morning, and I look forward to answering questions. Good morning, James. Great to hear from you. I hope you and the family are healthy right now. You too, Tyler. Um, what is your understanding of how the Big Ten ultimately finalized its postponement of the fall sports schedule? Uh, Sandy said she was unclear of such details. And, and do you think that outcome on August 11th was acceptable? Uh, it's, it sounds like you, you would not feel that way based on your opening statement. Yeah, I, I guess the, the best way for me to describe it is, and I've said this before, is I don't necessarily have a issue with the decision, you know, um, but, I, but I have an issue with the process and I got an issue with the timing. You know, it was challenging to keep getting up in front of my team and getting up in front of my parents and not having answers to their questions. So to me, if we were going to make the decision to delay the season, that we at least took the time to work with the NCAA and the Big Ten to have all the answers for what that's gonna mean when it comes to eligibility, you know, when it comes to scholarships, you know, when it comes to you know, the, the next opportunity to play, when that is, is it the spring, is it the winter, is it gonna not be to next season? What does that mean with roster management? What does that mean with incoming recruits? Um, you know, I, I've met almost weekly with our players, their parents, and also recruits, and it's difficult to continue getting up in front of those people as the leader of my organization and not only deliver bad news, but not be able to deliver the answers to their questions. I think that's the job of the leader is, is to set the vision, set the plan, and then every, drive everybody towards that vision and that plan. And when you do face challenges or issues, it's the job of the leader either, either to have the answers or find the answers. And I was not able to do that. So that, that, that was the challenge. You know, how we got to this decision, I'm not in position to answer that because I, I wasn't in the room. Um, but I do know when you, when you make a decision um, of this magnitude that affects so many people uh, on such a significant level, maybe the most important decision in the history of the Big Ten, it wasn't made um, in ambiguity. It wasn't vague. There's no way we made this decision without everybody being clear on what the decision was.
Hey, James, how you doing? Good. Hey, Mike. Uh, you talk a lot about unintended consequences. Hey, hey, Mike, real quick, did you guys hear all that, or am I breaking it out because I didn't hear the question being asked to you? Did you guys hear all that? Okay. Everybody but Ben Jones is shaking their head yes, so I'm hoping you did. So everyone's on brand. Uh, you talk a lot about unintended consequences. What does it mean if three of the Power Five play and you don't in the fall? And what does it mean if you don't play in the spring vis-a-vis -vis those other three? Yeah, there, there's obviously this decision isn't just playing in the fall. It, it's it it's going to impact a lot of different things. It'll impact recruiting. If we're if we're playing and they're out recruiting, that's going to have an impact, a, a long term impact. Um, if if we have our rosters at over eighty five and they have their rosters at at only eighty five, that's going to have an impact. I saw a decision that was on social media that came out last night that said. You know, we're only going to get 12 hours right now to work with our team when everybody else is practicing. I think right now, you know, uh, if you look at, you know, you know, certain teams that we're competing with nationally, they got 20 more practice opportunities right now when you count spring ball and the summer than we've had. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to have much more of an impact than just not playing this fall. And how quickly can we get back to normal operations? So the decisions we make have to be not only the impact that it has on the short term, but how can we limit the impact of the long term? And I think that's where I think coaches are very valuable in this process because coaches are always thinking like that. They're thinking short term and they're thinking long term. And I think that's where we help in the process of the decision-making process to understand what we're doing and truly the impact of it. Um, so, Mike, yeah, I agree with you. It's not as simple as maybe some people think that it's just going to impact this fall. Um, you know, depending on how this all plays out, what happens with other conferences, you know, what happens with us, um, our, our Big Ten and specifically Penn State, um, it's it's going to be it's going to be more significant than that. So I think that's that's the real challenge, Mike. Is is how do we find a way to make this decision as least negatively impactful as we as we can? Do you have me now, Coach? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Greg Pickle, Penn Live. Hey, James. How you doing? Hey, Greg. Hey, I think we've learned a lot over the years with dealing with you that even when maybe you don't have all the answers, you're still going to put a plan in place to move forward as best you can. So what is that plan right now? Maybe, you know, since the decision, the next couple of weeks before classes begin, what can you have the guys do and what can you do to move forward while you wait for all those answers that come in? Well, I, I think that's that's where the problem has been, Greg, you know, is like I said, it's hard to get up in front of the team and set the plan and the vision when literally I just found out last night, you know, what we're able to do and the amount of hours we're able to, to do. Um, so it's hard for me to set a plan for the team and set a plan for my staff 
when I didn't know what type of access we were going to have. You know, we put a plan together, but it was based on 20 hours. I don't agree at all with the 12 hours. That 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 makes no sense. That other teams are going to be playing a, a, a season, and we're only going to get to work with our 12 our guys for 12 12 hours. The problem is when we vote on these things. You know, you got voting from basically everybody uh, from all the different conferences. And right now, the only people voting in what's in the best interest of the Big Ten is the people from the Big Ten. So, you know, it's a little bit of a challenge in, in, in how we do things when, you know, just like me, I'm not sitting here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sitting here wishing what's best for college football. I'm not sitting here wishing what's best for, um, you know, for the Big Ten. I'm not sitting here wishing what's best for 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 just our our athletes here at Penn State. I'm wishing what's best for the athletes across across the country, across conferences. So I can't understand how us being able to work with our student athletes for 12 hours when other people are getting the full season how that's in the best interest of, of college football, how that's in the best interest of our student athletes, uh, how that's in the best interest uh, of the Big Ten and specifically at Penn State. So that, that's been the challenge with all of this is, is coming up with a plan to move forward and get everybody excited and driven towards that plan when uh, you're dependent on so many others. Uh, that that may not may not understand the the consequences of the decisions they're making. Oh, there we go. Audrey Snyder, the Athletic. Audrey, he's muted. You got me now? Yep. Okay, thanks. Um, James, going off of everything that, that you've said about all these unknowns, um, you mentioned last week about potentially playing in domes in the spring. I mean, what do you think is the feasibility of a spring season, and what kind of concern would you have then with the turnaround time from spring to fall 2021? Yeah, I, again, I think everything that we, we, we decide, we have to think about how do we get back to um, what we would co con consider normal um, for the 21 season and, and moving forward. So whatever, whatever decisions we make now, we got to make sure that it doesn't impact us moving forward. So, um, you know, whether that is a spring season or whether that is a winter season, um, I think I think we have to look at that. And I think there's been a lot of discussions going on about that and a lot of different models being proposed, but I think the importance from my perspective is we have to make sure that if we go with a model, that the model has the least amount of impact uh, moving forward. So, um, you know, I, I'm open to playing. I think you guys have known that from the beginning. As long as as long as we can do it in a way that keeps our student athletes safe and healthy and protected. And I think that's what was frustrating when we got shut down is we basically just got done practicing for a week. And when we tested our entire organization, you know, coaches, players, trainers, anybody that comes in contact with our, with our team, um, 
we didn't have one positive. So I think that's the challenge is when you're working so hard to make something work and you're showing that you can make it work, at least on our campus. And then, and then, you know, the decision is made to cancel. So uh, I'm, I'm open to playing as long as we can do it in a way that we keep our, our, our guys and not just our guys, but the teams that we're playing safe. And, um, you know, if we can find a way to do that, which I think there are some models um, that I've been very vocal about, um, you know, then, then hopefully we can, we can make it work. Elton Hayes, CNHI Pennsylvania. Good morning, Coach. Good to see you. Hope you and your family are doing well. You too, Elton. Coach, I wanted to ask you, um, I, you know, I know a lot of the, the players have been vocal on um, social media, obviously disappointed by the decision that was handed down last week. Um, you know, you, like you said, they would practice just the week before, I mean, just the day before with the idea that they were going to start the season soon um, and having to be let down like that. You know, Coach, in, in conversations with these guys and with their parents, you know, what are you saying to them to kind of keep those – keep them motivated when there's so much uncertainty out there right now? Well, I think that's, again, the challenges that, that we face as coaches is, you know, we have a responsibility to fight for our players and to fight for our parents and to fight for our program. Um, and we have to do that in a way that, that – keeps everybody focused on, on what we're trying to achieve. But then we also have to do it in a way um, that aligns with the university and that aligns with the Big Ten and that aligns nationally. And that's that's more challenging than you could imagine. And and I'm a I'm a chain of command guy and I'm a, I'm a loyal guy. And that's that's a difficult thing to do is is how do you how do you work hard to represent, you know, all those separate entities and do it in a way that, that no one gets rubbed the wrong way. And, and the, the challenge is, I, I don't know if that's possible right now. You know, you're going you're gonna to rub someone the wrong way. But ultimately, my responsibility has to be to my players and, and, and my parents and, and my program and try to do that in a way that, you know, the reality is if I'm doing the right thing for those people and that group, it should also be the right thing for, for our university and it should be the right thing for the Big Ten and it should be the right thing for college football. Mark Brennan, Lions 24-7. James, thank you for doing this today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you, buddy. The uh, the decision that you and your family made for you to be up in State College and, and them in uh, Florida, how difficult was that? And, and how difficult was it for you going through all this stuff without your family to kind of lean on because I know how important I hope I'm not being too personal here but I think people would be interested in because because it's a unique situation well let, let me lead by this that you know I also know that we're fortunate and blessed to have a separate residence that that we could make that choice you know so I, I do want to lead with that because not everybody has that that opportunity um but but yeah, it's you know it's challenging. I got twelve and thirteen year old daughters that I don't get to spend enough time with as it is, um, and and I just want to make sure everybody understands. You know the reason that we made that decision is my youngest daughter has uh, sickle cell disease, which um, obviously with this new virus and not completely understanding this new virus, 
um, we don't have the information or the data of how it would affect you know my daughter so you know um, as a family we're going to do everything we possibly can uh, to keep to keep our kids safe no different than I'm trying to do every the same thing within within my organization so uh, you know we made the decision but it's not been easy you know and um, probably more so on my daughters than than anything so you know when when we decided to to cancel you know the season you know I decided that I was gonna you know go see them um, because the plan was I wasn't going to be able to go visit them at all uh, during the season and they weren't going to come be able to visit me because you know we we couldn't quarantine appropriately to make sure everybody's safe so you know what I ended up doing was waiting for my COVID test to come back and I think the COVID my COVID test came back negative at like six o'clock I want to say um, on on Monday and I jump and I jumped in the car right at that moment. And uh, once once the test came back negative, I jumped in the car and drove from six at night till six thirty in the morning to try to spend a few days with my daughters before coming back to Penn State and quarantining again and getting back to work. So um, you know, it just had been an emotional roller coaster for our staff and for our players. So I gave everybody, you know, the time off um, to to go hug their moms, to go, you know, hug their dads or their brothers and sisters, go spend some time. And then uh, once once we find out what the new plan is, you know, get back to work again. But that means us coming back, getting tested again, quarantining again. And, um, you know, obviously feedback from from some of the parents and um, the majority of the parents that, that, you know, they felt like our players were safer at, at Penn State. And um, we had a number of players that decided to do that, that stayed in state college. We got a number of staff members that decided to do that and stay in state college. Um, so, you know, that's that's been, you know, that's been the challenge with all of this. It's personal and professional for all of us. James Franklin, more with him in the next half hour. Plenty more to come with James Franklin here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. You know, I called that 202 number on that commercial. The suit answered. <laughs> I, I I get concerned, Mark. Uh, so. <laughs> 
Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Sunbury Motors has Ford, they have Lincoln, Hyundai, Sunbury Motors Kia is in Hummel's Wharf. And, of course, great pre-owned inventory. They're going to work with you. There are great deals to be had right now. Fabulous inventory and a service department that backs it all up. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, head football coach James Franklin, more of his Zoom conference today with the media. Donnie Collins, Times-Tribune. Hey, James, thanks for doing this, and it's good to hear from you. You too, Donnie. Um, I, we, we've seen the, the petitions from, from some of the players to, to, to play, the letters from the parents demanding answers, and, and I'm wondering how, how you hope those kind of move the conversation along in, in a positive way for them, and, and, and do you see any scenario where, where they might change minds? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I love to see our players uh, have voices. I love to see the parents have, have voices. Uh, I know they do within our organization. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of really good conversations. I, I had a meeting with the parents last night. And it's hard because you continue to have these meetings. Uh, but, you, again, you still don't have a whole lot of answers for them. Um, but I still think the, the ability to get together and look each other in the face and, and let them know what you do know um, is, is important. Um, do I think things are going to change? I don't think we're going to go back to a fall season. I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think um, you know the, the the petitions and and the the voices are going to allow us to go back and say you know we're going to play this fall. Uh, I wish that was the case, but but I don't see that happening. Hi, James. Chris, I couldn't hear you again. Okay. James, thanks for your time today. I'm glad to hear that your family as well. You too, Rick. Following up on Donnie's question, do you believe that the voices of the coaches in the Big Ten, the parents, and especially the players, have been heard by the Big Ten leadership who made this decision? Yeah, I, I think I think they have now. Yeah, I don't I don't know um, if they were heard um, clearly before the decision. Um, I think that's I think that's fair to say. Um, I think they've been heard now, but I don't know if they were heard before the decision was made. Adam Rittberg, you're, you're muted, Rich. Hold on. You're muted, Rich. Hold on, Rich. Okay. Go ahead, Rich. James, is that one of your greatest frustrations with this, is that their voices weren't heard before the decision was made? Well, I, I guess what I would say is, you know, I can speak for, for, for my organization. You know, the way for me to make the best decisions for Penn State football is to hear my coach's perspective is to hear my staff's perspective, 
is to hear my players' perspective, to hear from my administration, Scott Sidwell and Sandy Barber, um, and when appropriate, the parents uh, doesn't. I wouldn't say it happens, you know, uh, you know, for for decisions within the program, but major decisions um, that it would be. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is for me to make the best decisions for the organization and not have blind spots, you know, I need to hear from, from all those different groups. Um, when, you know, when, um, you know, when appropriate and, and when feasible. And I know within our organization, that's, that's how we do it. And that, that puts me in the best position um, to make the best decision um, with as much information as, and as many angles and as many perspectives covered. Um, so I think that, you know, whenever feasible, that's, that's the best way to do it. And I, and I also understand that those things aren't always feasible, you know, but again, that goes back to what I said before is I don't really have an issue with the decision because at the end of the day, we made a decision based on what we thought was in the student athletes best interest from a health and welfare standpoint. And, and let, let's understand, everybody everybody understands the magnitude of this decision. So, so you know, I, I think in some ways there, there should be, you know, there should be some praise for the decision that was made, you know. Um, but I, I think as I've stated before, my issue has been the process and the timing of it, not necessarily the actual decision that was made. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com. Hey, good morning, James. Um, kind of similar to Rich's question, I'm just wondering what direct communication has the coaches had with Commissioner Warren before and after the decision? Because obviously there, there doesn't seem to have been a lot and I'm just wondering what you can share about the direct communication between, because obviously he has responsibilities to the presidents and the ADs, but how much was there actually communication with the coaches? Yeah, I think as a conference, we do a pretty good job. And I think you guys know I got somewhat of a unique experience because I've been a, a head coach in, in two major conferences. So I think the, the amount of communication that we have had um, before and after, um, has has been pretty good but when the decision was actually being made um you know it, it caught a lot of people off guard you know because at that time you know we felt like things were going pretty good we felt like we were going to be able to make this thing work and things changed quickly so i guess specifically to the decision um it, it it happened quickly, and again, I think that's that's where the frustration comes from. the The decision came before everybody being able to get on board with it and understanding it, so you could get up in front of your team and get up in front of your parents and say, "This is the decision that's been made, and and this is why." And you know, and and I understand it, and you know that 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 I think would have been helpful. Um, but there was there was communication before and there was communication after. But you know when things started to swing in the wrong direction, that's that's when there wasn't a whole lot of communication. Dave Jones, Penn Live. Hi, James. Thanks. Uh, <clears throat> thanks. I hope you're well. Um, Here, Dave. 
I hesitate to even ask this, but I feel I feel like I'm compelled to. Um, is Penn State absolutely now committed to the winter or the spring? Because uh, you know, the lots of the parents' groups are trying to reverse the decision. And last night, there was a blogger in Columbus saying that Eric Barron was on board with a, a plan for Penn State to actually uh, play in a home and home schedule with five other Big Ten teams. To be clear, you haven't heard of anything about something like this, and you don't you don't think that's true. I, I want to make sure of that. You said a blogger? Is that what you said? Yeah, a guy named Jeff Snook. He used to write for the uh, Palm Beach Post, and he's got a lot of uh, Ohio State connections now. I don't believe he works for anyone in particular now. Yeah, I, I have not uh, heard anything about that plan and that model. Um but let, let me also say this, Dave, um, you know, when, when I made the statement that I did um, about exhausting every opportunity to play, you know, for, for, my, for my team and, and for my parents and, and for, our, for our staff and for our players, you know, that, that's really what I was talking about, you know, and I brought that up months earlier that, you know, there could be a situation where, certain teams you know may be able to make this thing work and other teams wouldn't based on state rules and and guidelines and and how the university is handling it and their plan so that's what i was talking about at that time that the the big 10 may have a a decision to make do they allow teams for a year to play outside of the conference um because it was not going to be the same, you know. You know, I, I had mentioned some programs, and people got upset with the programs I was mentioning, and I wasn't, you know, mentioning any specific programs for a reason. I was just saying, you know, Nebraska's challenges may be different than Penn State's challenges compared to Rutgers' challenges compared to Wisconsin's challenges, just based on, you know, the demographics. Um, but specifically to your question. I have not heard anything about that um, within the Big Ten. I have not heard anything about that um, in, in reference to Penn State. Um, I haven't heard anything about that. But I just, you know, I, th I thought I would, I would also add that point and, and clarify, you know, what I was talking about earlier. Goodbye, Wilborn, Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Hey, Coach Franklin, how are you doing, man? Good advice. Hey, thanks for doing this. Um, question I have is. Possibly with the pod situation, that would still mean potentially no home games at Beaver Stadium. If any, what could, response? Could you, could you repeat that? I'm sorry, I lost you there for a I'm second. sorry, my, my, my computer broke up. What I was saying was, if the pod situation goes, there could still possibly not be home games at Beaver Stadium. What, if any, responsibility does the athletic department or university have to the community that's trying to get through during these tough times, hoping for maybe some spring football? Yeah, when you said pod situations, I, I'm not familiar with. Oh, I mean, like the domes. I'm sorry, the yeah. dome people were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think obviously all these things are are, are factoring in. You know, I, I will tell you this: um, as the head football coach at Penn State, you know, I carry a weight with me not just not just for my not just for my players and our coaches and our staff. Um, I also carry the weight of the athletic department. I know that the success of Penn State football impacts more than just Penn State football. That's 
That's 31 sports. Um, I also know the impact it has on the community. I, I feel ingrained in this community. I, I go on my little walks through town and, you know, up Beaver and down college or vice versa. And, and I feel the weight of that, that, that I know that Penn State football has a significant impact you know, on the community, on the on the people in our community, on the businesses in the community, and I recognize that. And um, yeah, all, all those things. When I talk about the, the the impacts of the decisions we make, they're they're more than just you know you know playing the game of football. It's it's you know it's it's our it's our players. Uh, passion and it's their dream to not only have an unbelievable college experience, but for some of them to play in the NFL as well. So there's so many things that that factor into this. But again, we're at a point right now that we got to do everything we possibly can to save the 2020 season and and do it in a way that's not going to impact or have the least amount of impact on the 21 season. So, yeah, in a perfect world, would you love to have games in Beaver Stadium this winter um, and and be able to have fans there and be able to help the local economy? Yes, without a doubt, 100%. But based on all the information we have, I, I don't know how realistic that is right now. And then, obviously, the challenges that we have in the Big Ten, you know, that time of year is is weather. You know, it's it's funny because you say the fall and you say in the spring, but in this part of the country, the 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 fall is 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 more like the spring, and the spring is more like the fall when it comes to weather. So the domes provide an opportunity um, for consistency from a weather standpoint, and I think it also just helps with kind of the routine that you know these domes you know get used to working with the Big Ten and and how we make it work and. You don't have, you know, TV flying all over the country. They're able to set up, you know, as a as a basically a home base in these cities and and make it work. So, you know, we're just we're just at a point right now that we're trying to find any way we possibly can to make 20 work and do it in a way that it doesn't have impact on 21. But we're very aware of all the things that 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 it impacts. Exactly what we've been saying on this show since everything broke a week ago. Have 20, probably start in January, but don't impact the 21 fall season. Have to do it in such a way where there's a balance. Because I think it's imperative they play a full 12 game 2021 season. I think that's really important. All right, we'll wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us. Uh, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, get you up to date on what's going on with the Phillies and the Red Sox. It's on Eagle 107. And in the bottom of the eighth inning at Fenway, the Red Sox lead the Phillies 5-3. to three. Uh, the Red Sox don't have a closer, so it doesn't really matter in the ninth inning. Uh, okay. You should see the ERAs of the guys they've trotted out so far. Like, both teams. Like, the whole bunch of fives and sixes. Like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, 
Cardinals lead the Cubs 9-1, bottom of the sixth. Uh, Buffalo beat uh, Baltimore 5-2. NHL Carolinas jumped out to a 1-0 lead, end of one over the Bruins. Tampa Bay advanced in overtime, beating Columbus 5-4, winning the series in five. Uh, NBA, Denver leads Utah 41-39, six minutes ago, first half. Toronto beat Brooklyn 104-99, now lead the series two games to none. Sixers and Celtics at 6.30 on TNT. Dallas and the Clippers at 9 o'clock on TNT. So I get you up to date on the scoreboard across the board. I believe the Reds are back. Yeah, the Reds are playing again. So the, when it comes to the uh, coronavirus, they're back playing again. Uh, the bad news is the for the Pirates is they're still playing. Um, yeah. They have four wins. Do you realize that between spring training, the summer camp games that they have with Cleveland, and now the regular season games, the Pirates have won seven games. Total. Seven. It's a small number. Well, you're saying Buffalo. When did Buffalo join the league? We refer to Toronto as Buffalo. Because that's where they play. And uh, beat the Orioles today. They're now 10 and 11. The Orioles are back to 12 and 12. But again, so many teams make the playoffs this year that. A lot of teams make the playoffs. Is that Matt Holding? Or is that is that call probably a personal call for you, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Uh, it's any, back. It's Matt. It, any quick the Red Sox just scored again. It's now six three. Um Jackie Bradley doubled and Mitch Moreland scored. And they're not done yet, by the way. They got second and third. Any quick comments on Gary Sanchez? Hopefully he can block the plate tonight. Look, just because he's already had more pass balls in a shortened season than an actual normal season, I mean, do you consider that to be bad? A little bit. Can't put a price on analysis like that. <laughs> that broadcasting school's really paying off. <laughs> to quote Major League. Hey, Mark, Matt, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors.